evening, which is Karen Lususha. Um, and so she was also a member of the class of 1975 and also majored in English literature. So come down there. She has taken courses at four different seminaries, including um, completing a Doctor of Ministry at Gordon Conwell Theological Seminary. Um, as Matt mentioned, she had she served on PCF staff. Um, for seven years back then, and she has also taught in Christian schools and Sunday school um, for over 40 years um, in various roles. She was the head of the Westerly Learning Center, um, an ac the academic dean at the Wilberforce School, and now still serves at Wilberforce as a consultant and theology teacher. Um, and anecdotally, in those roles, she both taught me middle school, Sunday school, and <laughs> Old Testament, Old Wilberforce. Wow. Um, and at Linden Grove, currently, she serves as the as an associate mentor and director of curriculum development. So, just give a warm welcome. We're here tonight, tomorrow morning, that night, to help you consider, as he said, long-term ministry. And we want to address some of your fears and also excite you about some of the possibilities. Um, and so I'm really here to talk about one fear, basically, in a few different ways, which is the question that might be in your mind, which is, is ministry a waste of my talents? Well, I know that sounds a little prideful, but you know you thought about that. You wonder. And one lesson I've learned in my many years in ministry is this. God deploys his troops strategically. The translation is, if you're called to ministry, you will use every bit of training, knowledge, and skill you've ever gotten now, and everything brings into your life in the future. You will use it all. And, and in using those skills and experiences, he's going to change you. He's going to uncover some of your misunderstandings and confusions and illusions, and he will meet your deepest needs with himself. God uses your talents and gifting but it's rarely in the way we predict. We looked already at a verse in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, and that's the one I'm talking about. Paul wrote, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. At first glance, just like that picture, the clay pot metaphor is pretty easy to unpack. The treasure Paul references is the gospel. The believers are clay pots, utilitarian, expendable, replacement. The gospel is priceless. By ourselves, not so much. <laughs> Don't despair, fellow pots, because God is both potter and strategist. Back in the book of Judges, chapter 7, Gideon discovered what God can do with clay pots. The noise of the pots breaking when added to the fiery glory of hidden torches, brought incredible victory. Only when jars were broken was the light revealed, and then the enemy, enemy could fear and be confused, and victory could be accomplished. As Matt has already discussed, we must be broken so that others see the light of Jesus in our lives. Our willingness to be expendable is a prerequisite to revealing the glory of the gospel. I'll repeat that because that's hard. Our willingness to be expendable is, is a prerequisite to revealing the glory of the gospel. Sometimes ask, 
people ask me if I feel cheated in my use of my gifts, training, and skills because I'm not a traditional pastor. My answer is that this clay pot has had the privilege of carrying the treasure of Christ to many, many people in congregations and in classrooms. I don't feel cheated. I feel blessed. And not only has God strategically used me, but he's also met my deepest needs for meaningful service. You see, all my life, I have only had three career goals. I didn't want to be a fireman or an actress or a venture capitalist or even a ninja warrior. I just wanted to be a teacher, a Christian leader, and a social worker. Early on, I wondered how I could get those three passions together. But if you looked at my resume today, in 2022, you would see I've been all three. A teacher in many types of classrooms, in different locales, and mostly, continually and joyfully, I actually like teaching. A Christian worker in PCF, in local churches, in community Bible studies, and in several different Christian schools. A social worker, oh, not a job title or license, but within the Christian community, particularly caring for women and children and including the vulnerable and the needy. Just this month, I saw high school students excited about the gospel as it revealed in Exodus. I saw them energized by the archaeological findings that, pro that provide a gloss to the Old Testament. I encouraged and helped equip Christian leaders in India, Kenya, New York City, and Washington, D.C. I comforted Christian sisters struggling with cancer and sibling death. And that was an 18-year-old, so 20, death of a 20-year-old, not, not just people my age losing siblings. College application stress, do you remember that one? <laughs> it still goes on. <laughs> and classroom chaos, that's when I helped the teachers. Time and again, God has not wasted my education and experience. And he has not wasted my passions. In the third chapter of the Epistle of Philippians, Paul describes the, the folly of grooming our resumes, curating our social media presence, and building our brand. Well, he doesn't exactly use those words, but you get the picture. As if we were the treasure. We are not the treasure. As he did with Paul, God will do with you. He will curate your abilities, your education, your strengths, and your weaknesses. Your job is to carry the treasure, share the treasure, honor the treasure. And in so doing, you'll grow like the treasure. Over the, I, the years, I've learned that the leader title has no lasting clout, but a spirit-empowered influence does. When in preparation for tonight, Debbie asked me what my title had been. I drove her slightly crazy with the answers because it changed every couple of years. But if I were to take a title, as I look back now, I would like to be an influencer. <laughs> <laughs> My life is devoted to encouraging others to love and serve the Savior. Yes, I've taught courses in a number of fields, from composition to literature, history, theology. And what, what's happened in those classes has been significant. This week, out of the blue, I received an unexpected email from one of my former students, now in her first year in graduate school. This is a little bit of what she said. I would not have gotten here without your help. You taught me how to write when I didn't know how. You taught me to believe in myself. Who would have thought that a girl who was so incredibly dyslexic 
that she could not form coherent sentences would now be earning her MBA. That's why we do this. Her gracious words illustrate my conviction that teaching well involves displaying the beauty and the wisdom of Christ. As Paul taught and Matt reiterated tonight, ministry can be hard. Providing perspective concerning this ministry challenge, Paul offers us a vision of the future. We didn't read quite that far. But in 2 Corinthians 4, 17, it says, this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory. Again, I don't have it up there, so I'm going to reread it. Think about those words. This light momentary affliction, we didn't seem very momentary when we listened to it, right? is preparing us for eternal weight of glory. Today, we face light afflictions. Today, we are broken, and today, we are expendable. Tomorrow, glory will come. Thank you. Amen.